Hello everyone, you're listening to another episode of the Print Life Podcast and today we're going to chat a little bit about how we can, as surface pattern and print designers, control how we are contributing to sustainable design by incorporating some practices into our creative business. You're listening to the Print Life Podcast. I'm Leslie Kinahan, owner and creative director at White Buffalo Studio and founder of the Print Life Community. This podcast was created to offer insight into the hidden world of print design. If you're a surface pattern or print designer who wants to attract dream clients, increase sales, and build a sustainable business that you love, you're in the right place. With over a decade of experience, I'll be covering all things surface pattern and print design, sales, marketing, and mindset to support designers in growing a creative business. Whether you're freelance, in-house, or just getting started, I've got you covered. Welcome to The Print Life. I can remember the very first time I fell in love with texture and print. I was probably in the first grade. I don't know if you guys remember these. They were called fashion plates. And you would go through these little plastic plates and select kind of like different parts of a croquis or a body. And you'd put together little outfits. And then you would cover the plates with a sheet of paper and put the lid down and use this black crayon to kind of rub on top so that you get an outline of this little croquis or or body. And then there were different textures and prints that you could then put under your paper and use that same crayon to pull um, different textures and, and patterns onto the garments. And it was just the coolest gift. And I would just play with that thing for hours and put together different outfits and different colorways and different prints and I think that was when I first realized I had a passion for apparel and being kind of on the quiet side, on the shy side, whatever you want to label it when somebody is a little bit more, I wasn't even necessarily an introvert because I wasn't introverted with family, but out and about, I was very, I guess, introspective might've been the right word. I loved to look at the way light hit things. I would get lost staring at a merry-go-round spinning. I was just one of those kids. And I started to just kind of fall in love with drawing and these fashion plates. And then I remember after my parents saw that I was fascinated by this toy, I received for um, maybe my birthday the following year, this charcoal set where you could draw portraits using squares. And this is funny enough, something you end up learning later on. If you take an art class in high school, they do a very similar thing. But essentially, you're looking at a reference image of a portrait, and you're using one square at a time to kind of replicate the image over so that you're rendering kind of exactly the way you see it in the photo. I don't know if you guys remember these. So the very first thing which is also very interesting, that I ever drew in terms of drawing someone's portrait was John Lennon. And it was in black charcoal. And I loved charcoal for a very long time after this. But I think it's really interesting to remember so far back to these moments that connected with us on this really deep level where we take it through with us for the rest of our lives. 
And I, to this day, love drawing portraits. I love charcoal. I love light and dark. I love texture. I love apparel design. And it was something that started from a very young age. And I know that's not always the case, but for me it was. And like so many of us, I loved to use fashion as a form of expression. I liked to use my clothing as a way to share with others who I am, to connect with others. And I loved that because I was, like I said, on the, on the quieter, on the shyer side. And I felt like they spoke for me. What I chose to wear spoke for me in a way that I couldn't. It was really important to me to express myself. And I loved using clothing and color as a way to do this. And I love looking back and thinking about all of the phases that you go through, right? Like we had, I had the phase of the Mary Janes with the white thigh highs and the little dresses. And that was like my uniform for a long time. And then it pivoted over into the more rebellious, angsty stage, right? Of like the the fishnets and the punk rock band t-shirts and the suspenders and the belts with spikes on it and all the things and the red hair. And then it pivoted again to vintage and everything was vintage. And it's like, I couldn't wear something if it wasn't vintage. And I just loved incorporating almost costume into my wardrobe. I loved it. That was just who I was. And it was a way for me to identify myself and to identify with others and to express myself to others and make a statement about who I am. And even in my best friend's wedding, I look back at the dress I picked and I'm like, oh man, could you not have picked just a regular dress to wear? (laughs) But, um, you know, it is what it is. But I, I love fashion for that reason. I love that it's a piece of us. It's a form of walking art. Even looking to the runway, I always loved the avant-garde and couture. And you often hear people remarking on work like that saying, who would wear that? And I just remember thinking it was art in motion. And I loved clothing for for this reason. And for me, it's the reason that I've always loved it. I find it a way that we can not only express ourselves, but we're sort of walking around in somebody else's creation and a way that we've adapted that creation in our own wardrobe or the way that we wear it and what we wear it with. It's like walking, moving art, right? And for me specifically, when I talk about working with print designers, you know, it's fashion print design, but it's always been a tough word for me to say, like, I love fashion because I don't necessarily think it's fashion, but I could never really put my finger on what else I would call it. But when I decided to go to FITM to fashion design school at the time, I was friends with punk rockers and, you know, we participated in a lot of protests and their music was rebellious in nature um just really opinionated about what was going on in the world and you know if you're familiar it's very punk rock the whole our whole scene and when I decided I was going to go to fashion design school you know I was 17 and I felt 
I felt a lot of pushback from my friends, which was made it kind of difficult. It made it at that young age, I felt like I had to kind of hide this part of myself who loved fashion, this part of myself who loved clothing and art and, you know, fashion magazines and watching things on the runway. And I felt like I was constantly having to defend myself against my love for fashion, my love for apparel design and print and color and expression, which when you think about it is pretty hilarious because punk rockers all kind of look similar. (laughs) And there's definitely a fashion statement happening there. And it's a rebellious in nature, but uh, it, it, it is one nonetheless. So I always found that interesting as I got older, but I went to fashion design school and even there, I found myself, uh, expressing myself in my own way and feeling just always a little bit outside of the fashion industry of the world of fashion. And it wasn't until I went to school for art and graphic design and really united my love of all these things that I found my way. And I love this little world that we're in of print design. But lately I've been thinking about it and how we design and develop into it. And, you know, the way the fashion industry is at the moment. And thank goodness we're coming off fast fashion and people are more aware of the impact that that can have as print designers I began asking myself, how can we play a role? And yes, we, we've seen the articles and people talking about sustainable fashion and how we can, you know, even print digitally instead of printing with screens. And that's a huge help because of the water waste. We can keep things limited to two and three colors. But if we're looking at it from the perspective of, well, we can do two and three colors and that's helpful. It is if you're doing screen printing, which is doing more harm than digital printing. And at the end of the day, as an artist and a print designer, it really isn't up to us what our clients do once they purchase the art. It's not really up to us which way they print, uh, you know, how many colors they ultimately end up choosing to use at the end of the day, how much yardage, where they're having it made. We don't know their whole supply chain. We don't know where they're going with it once we sell it, right? So I was thinking, what do we have control over? And how can we also express ourselves and be part of this industry, be part of this sustainable sort of movement, right? So sustainable design is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. And how can we be more sustainable with our design practices? And I really do think it goes back to what we teach in the Print Life membership, which is about slowing down and designing with intention and designing from a place of authenticity, from your unique perspective, from your unique viewpoint and working with clients you feel aligned to and designing and developing into a specific industry or market so that we're designing less instead of cranking out more. When we're more intentional with our design process, we can slow down. We're not just making art and and cranking it out for the sake of doing it because that's what we've always done. I know oftentimes this industry can feel very old school 
We want to see 300 new prints a month. We want to see it on fabric. We want you at every show. We want all of these things. And if you're not playing the game and doing all the things, can you really make it? Can we make it work? And I'm, I'm kind of proof that you can find a middle ground, right? You can do some shows. You can print fabric sometimes. You don't have to keep up with the larger companies if you're a smaller company. And in this industry, I think we can often fall into practices that larger companies have in place. Whereas as freelance designers, boutique design studios, we don't have to try and keep up with that pace. We can slow down. We can be intentional. And another thing about sustainable design that I've been thinking about a lot lately, because mainly because um, we have a sister studio that I reached out to who's going to be showing at Paris Prints. And I said, do you think you might like to show some of our collection and see how it goes? Because I'd like to go to Paris Prints um, in the future. And I just want to see how we're received. And I would love some feedback. And maybe we can find a way to collaborate in this way, right? So um, she will be showing some of our collection at Paris Prints and PV Paris. And I'm really excited. But I didn't just want to print all new prints. I wanted to do a very small collection. I only ended up printing about 60, 62 or 63 prints. And that was it from that are new. And the old me would have printed everything. But this version of me now who sees that I was trying to keep up with the bigger companies back then, not always, but in the beginning, I would have printed everything, you know, just get it all printed to fabric. And this time I was very intentional. I, I did a lot of color matching and working things together. I merchandised it together. I thought about our particular client base and I only printed what I thought was really strong. And anything I was on the fence about, I didn't print. And then I went through our entire old collection. And I mean, like going back to 2018, 2019, right before the pandemic, I went through everything and I pulled out prints that I thought still worked today. And it got me thinking, and this is again, something we talk about in the Print Life membership about chasing trends. We have to be really careful, right? Because we want to let our client base know we're looking to the runway and we're looking to the market and we're, we're understanding the trends that are happening. And maybe we incorporate some of them into what we're delivering as, as a baseline, as a jumping off point. But I do believe it is very important to not trend chase and to make sure that we're developing art from an authentic place and that we're delivering what we're in line with and what works for the market that we're in. And in that way, we can truly create designs that kind of stand the test of time, right? And what I did notice going through the probably five or 600 prints that I have here, um, which was really fun, by the way, for it took me like, I don't know, four nights, a couple days and four nights going through everything, um, reaching out to old designers to see if we can show stuff. But what I did notice is anything that, that I could clearly see was a trend we were chasing at the time was done. It no longer had a place. It felt old. It didn't look right. But whereas on the flip side, 
the prints that were in the collection that felt like they were designed from that designer's unique perspective with a specific handwriting, speaking to our market, but from a more authentic place in their own voice, their own hand, those prints still work. And we can easily use color to fall in with what's on trend, so to speak. We don't necessarily have to chase trends as they relate to specific prints or motifs. I think that's where we end up getting tripped up is we see something on Instagram or we see something on the runway or we see something at the store um, and we have to do it really quick and get it in the collection because that's trending. And when we react that way, I feel like those are the prints that don't have the long shelf life. Those are the prints that fall off. They fall away. And in my opinion, that's not as sustainable as designing from the heart, I guess, is where I'm going with this. And when we design from the heart, when we design from things that make us happy, work that lights us up with the knowledge of the needs of our clients, with the knowledge of our market and what's going on, when we unite those two, bring them together and create from that place, I believe that's truly what is going to make our work more sustainable, where as freelancers and boutique studios, we can then recolor things, change the scale, move things around a bit. And for me, that's giving your prints a longer shelf life. There, There's longevity there. It's more sustainable, right? And you know, it's one thing if you're approached by a client to do a commissioned piece or a custom print, and you're given very specific guidelines and those could be very trendy and maybe you're good at it and that's your jam and that's fine but what I mean here is more about how we build up bodies of work or inventory or online collections or even designing into briefs for a studio there can be a way that we can slow down and really think things through so that we're developing artwork that is a little bit more Classic over trendy, right? That's what we've been going for with a lot of our design briefs for White Buffalo lately. When I first started out as a studio and we hit our stride, we were, you know, selling about 25, 20, 25 prints a month consistently, which for a lot of the larger studios out there, that's, you know, it's very minimal. (laughs) But for me, as a small business, that was amazing. And maybe at the time, I knew some of the other studios were doing about 90 to 100 sales a month. And I know that to the even bigger studios, that was still, you know, not quite where they were. But could that have have had something to do with fast fashion? Perhaps, you know, and could that potentially mean now that the sales will drop? Will it change? Will buying patterns change when we trend chase? And we chase and do what they're doing. What are they doing? And we're doing this and doing that because we think we're supposed to, that we should. It'll feel like we're having a hard time finding clients. It'll feel like we're having a hard time making sales. So that really, regardless of what we see in terms of sales increasing or decreasing or fast fashion or slow fashion or whatever the trends may be, if we're designing from that place of intention with the purpose in mind to give our prints longevity, then I think we'll always find a buyer 
we'll find our audience, we'll find our clients for the work that we're creating. If we're developing from that place of intention, developing from the place of, of joy, right? And it's more sustainable because we are not feeling like we're just constantly cranking out work and pitching and pitching and pitching new work all the time, but we can be more intentional, which means we can slow down, which means we have time to sharpen our skills, which means we have time to grow our list, which means we have time for marketing. And all of these things together makes our creative business a bit more sustainable because we're coming from that place of joy and intention. And something else I wanted to speak to on this topic of sustainable design also is, you know, for a long time now with, with our studio, we've been trying to move away from labeling things as a season, right? But sometimes you just can't get away from that because our clients are working within seasons. But as a, as a small studio, we do really well with swim and resort in spring and summer. And that's just what we do well with. And I was given some really good advice um, a long time ago from our agent in New York. And he said, you know, if you do spring and summer really well, don't chase fall. Just do spring and summer. There will always be buyers for the work that you do, you know. And he was right. People would come to us even in during the fall when we should be produce should right be producing fall prints fall color palettes we were still rock and swim and resort and spring summer colorways and motifs and we were still making our same sales and that just speaks to when you're doing the work that lights you up the work that you're passionate about you'll find your clients you'll find those people that want to buy what you're creating and it will come down to consistency and patience and playing the long game. This isn't something that's going to happen in a couple months or even a year or two. It's consistency, right? It's that build. It's the growth. It's establishing connections and relationships in the industry. If you are somebody who is concerned that your clients might be coming into your shop or coming to look at your work specifically for spring, summer, or specifically for fall, winter. A more sustainable approach to your design methods, your systems, is to create the work you love to create, but offering it in two different colorways. So one version of the print could be offered in a more spring, summer color palette, and then you can have another version offered in a fall, winter color palette. That way, when your clients are shopping either spring, summer, or fall, winter, they may still stumble across the same prints that you love, that you feel would work for them, but in a color palette that they're looking for. Clients are often shopping based on color, so this can be a really good approach to that. So if you're showing your work in both palettes, you'll also start to see if you're creating sustainable design or not. A true like sustainable design, in my opinion, in my opinion, could go either way. Would work in a spring summer palette or a fall winter palette. That's really what's going to give our work this longevity. These are concepts and thoughts I've been having for a very long time. Being somebody who loves the art side of it all and really loves fashion, but my reasons, my love of fashion are rooted in expression. They're rooted in the art of it all. 
And being somebody who feels this way, I likely a lot of these feelings I have around fashion, the fashion industry could all be coming off of this fast fashion movement. It could be rooted in some of the grief I was given by friends when I chose this path, right? I chose my path. I followed my bliss and I'm here and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. So usually when I'm in this really beautiful headspace that I love to get into when I'm creating design briefs for my team, I I love to explore. I usually shut off that other mind I have, right? The marketing and sales and the business side. And I fully switch over to like my artist, designer, creative self. And I love when I'm over here in this beautiful space and I get to play and explore and learn new things and get lost. Just get a little bit lost in it. And what I usually end up doing is stumbling across some sort of course or a demo or I love to learn something new in this process as well. I get really like hungry for learning new things. And I went to Domestica and found a like a little mini course on creating motifs for like scarves. And I thought it was really cool. But anyway, um, she mentioned this, this documentary on Dries Van Noten. And I mean, I was already uh, obsessed with the work that comes from his mind. But I'm only like not even a third of the way through this documentary, you guys. And it's like, he's able to, it was like he came into my mind and took all the thoughts that I had and put them into words in just the right way. And I so fully love everything he has to say about fashion and about design and how he sees it and his thoughts on it are just beautiful. But if you get the opportunity on Amazon, you can rent it. Um, it's a documentary from 2017. It's beautiful. And I can't wait to finish it. And he says something even like, he doesn't even like to say fashion and we need a new word for it. And I completely agree. I just, I felt like everything he was saying, our thoughts, so many of us have had when it comes to the way we, some of us may view the fashion industry and that line that exists between the art and the passion and the fashion industry itself. I love it from an artistic standpoint. I love the expression. I love so many things about it. And then there are some things about it that can feel a little heavier. And if you're like me and you've ever felt these things, I, to wrap up today, I will offer some ways that you can go about putting more sustainable design practices in place so that we can feel as though we are contributing art and design that will stand the test of time. Art and design that our clients come back to because it's so good, they want to use it again. Art and design that three years later, four years later, a creative director at a studio can look at and say, yeah, we're doing this again. We just need to change the color. 
That's sustainable design, in my opinion. And ways we can do that are number one, working from a place of pure authenticity, knowing what it is that you love to do, even if that changes from time to time, just doing the work that you love to do, doing work that lights you up, designing things that make you happy from a place of joy. Number two is to make sure that while you're aware, right, of what's happening on the runway, while you're aware of what's happening in the marketplace, because those are parts of our job, right? To know what's going on while you're aware, instead of being on trend or in line with the trends, let's go for trend adjacent, right? Let's pull the trends in, but also our output can have like a hint of it without going full on trend, right? Like you can incorporate it into your own process of design while also having an output that can speak to longevity. It can speak to classic over trendy, right? While incorporating that in. Number three is utilizing color to offer seasonal options while keeping your design seasonless. Number four is all around actually making sure that you carve out the time to practice your handwriting, to sharpen your skill set, to learn new techniques, and to get really a lot faster at, which comes from confidence, right? Speed comes from confidence, to be able to build that confidence, to build the speed in terms of adapting to a brief, adapting to a trend adapting to your market or to a client's needs from a place of authenticity. Because if we're working on new techniques, we're working on our handwriting, we're sharpening our skill set, sharpening our tools that we have, right? Then we're able to respond to clients quickly and confidently. And that allows us to be running a more sustainable creative business as well. Number five is really similar to what we were talking about in terms of color, where we can offer a seasonless design in two different seasonal color palettes, right? That helps lead to longevity and a more timeless approach to print design. In line with that, another way that you can begin to think about your designs in this way is if you see a certain color trending, A good way to react that is more sustainable would be to go back to some prints that would still work right now and just give them a recolor, give them a color refresh. Instead of developing an entirely new group that speaks to that color trend, go back to a nice mini collection of prints you already have on hand and add in this colorway or this color or this palette that you see happening in your market or with your clients or you see a need for and adapt into work that already exists. I feel that with these five practices in place in your creative business, that you are implementing a more sustainable approach in your business and to your design process and to your designs in general. Because like I said in the beginning, it's really out of our hands what a client is going to do with the work once we hand it off. We could do a two-color, three-color print that's going to be printed digitally. We could do 
a multicolor print that's going to be printed with screens. We could do a print with a, with a company that we think is a sustainable brand who doesn't have really good practices in place. It's out of our hands. All we can control is what we do on the front end. All we can control is our practice, our creative practice, and how strong we can make that handwriting. We have control over output of work that we do. We have control over whether or not that work is good enough to come back to again and again. We have control over our market and understanding their needs. So we're not just cranking out work that goes nowhere. Those are the things that we have control over. And in my opinion, that is how we can offer a more sustainable approach in our design process. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Print Life Podcast. If you're a surface pattern or print designer who wants to see more sales, increase your client list, and build a sustainable business doing what you love, head over to lesliekenahan.com forward slash free training and let's work together. See you next time.